Friends, welcome back. My name is Tiffany Pratt, and this is my love jam. By my side, my bestie Coco on the mic, doing the mix. Say hi, Coco. Yo, what's up? We're just over here in Toronto, Canada, meeting people, discussing our journey, and uncovering all the facts and the figures and the feelings about love. Love comes in many sizes, shapes, and forms. And I'm here talking to some of the coolest people I know all about their journey and the things that they do to bring love into their life. This is a podcast all about that. As a creative person, I love being inspired by stories. And I want this to be a place for anyone who does anything to feel like they've found a home. I never want you to feel like what you're going through is something you're going through alone. We are totally in this together. So let's have some laughs, let's jam, and let's share a moment together and understand the power of love. Because it's out there and I've got lots of it to share. So I love you and I'm so excited that you're here. Coco, we have somebody to thank. We sure do. Who who are we thanking? Delta Fawcett Canada. Delta Fawcett Canada. Oh my goodness. We would not be here if it wasn't for you. Your inspiration to do this in the first place has us recording season one, season two, and now season three. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. And I guess it's time to get on with our next guest. But before we do, if you want to check them out on the web, it's deltafaucet.ca. So thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. The power of love has brought you back. Charmaine Cooper, you were here before for season two. And I had to have you back for season three. Thank you for joining us once again with your beautiful spirit and your beautiful heart because there are some intense times happening right now. And this podcast is a declaration of love. I want to level the playing field. I want people to feel like this is a a listen that they're going to need to make their hearts feel right. And without putting you on the spot, of course, (laughs) I just want to ask, would you mind starting this podcast with a prayer for all the peoples out there going through something, experiencing something, feeling something, hurting? I think that we should start this podcast with a prayer. I would be honored. And firstly, it is my esteemed honor to be back with you. Um, You are my sister and when you mentioned it, I said 100% yes. So I'm here with you and I'm in this with you. So um, let's just come before the Lord. And I just want to crown this session and I want to crown this season with the blessing of God. Father, we just thank you that you have given us life. We thank you that you are light and you are life. Because you exist in each and every one of us, we look around and we see the examples of your love, your light, and your life. So even in this time where many of us may be experiencing times of struggle, 
you know, times of contemplation, we speak your light and your life to every dead situation, every hopeless scenario. And we thank you that you will do it for your glory in your name. Amen. Amen. Sure. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your light. Because you know what? It's been a crazy time. Hasn't it? And between the shutdown of the world and cultural upheaval, um, my heart has just been so heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh knows I've loved the time being home and and really unpacking my own emotional stuff, being forced into our homes and really just to look at everything. Right. And I think it's been such a gift for anyone that needs to really look at their life. And then for this gigantic racial upheaval mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. happened when it did, I think it's an amazing spotlight because we're home. We're paying attention. That's right. And it's not like what's been happening is anything new, but you know, Shar, I wanted you to come here today because I believe that we are truly all one. Yes. And my heart crushes into a thousand pieces when I see people in pain. And I, I you were one of my first phone calls. And not because of the color of your skin, but because of who you are as a person. Thank you. And I, I think I, I reach to you. You know this. When things are crazy or what, we have to have our moments. Yes, we, we do. <laughs> we have to have our jam sessions. Yes. And yes. we need to uncover and dig in. You do it with me. I do it with you. Yeah. And so this is a, a session I wanted to share with the peoples. Love it. Because Love it. I, I think you have so much light to share on this topic. Um, And as I said, not just because of the color of your skin, but because of who you are. And that's an important message for anyone listening, is I think everyone is important and we all have something to share, but this is an important time for people of color to be heard. Thank you. So I want you to be heard. And everyone's passing the mic and everyone's (laughs) saying, share the mic. And I thought, you know what? I have a mic. I got a I got a podcast. I got a girl that I love that I know I would be blessed if she would share her time with me. So I'm passing the mic to you, Shar. You told me the story, yes. which I loved a couple of weeks back, and you said that this time has forced your family to chat. Yeah. So could you unpack a little bit of that? How you discovered things about your own family and your own your own history yes. that you because this is an important time, friends, for us to really understand who we are, where we come from, Mm -hmm. and what's come before us Mm -hmm. so we know what lives within us. I'd be honored to to share a little bit of uh, our experience as a family, as an extended family. Um, To do that, I think, however, I'll take a step back into the beginning of 2020. Oh my goodness, who did not expect nothing but glitz and glam, the best year ever, 2020. (laughs) We all came in expecting the roars of acceleration and success and anything being possible, because it's a new decade. So I remember taking some time to pray at the end of 2019, And as we shifted into 2020, I really sensed that 2020, and this is what I heard in my spirit, 
was going to be a year where there will be an unveiling and a new birthing as never before. So I'm expecting and I'm looking for things that I'm thinking will fit into that mold. Okay, you know, new car, new home, new husband. Well, I don't have an existing husband. But He's you, coming. <laughs> He's coming, okay? So Buckle new up. this, new that, um, all the bells and whistles. But who knew a pandemic that would shut the world down, like you said? Who knew the unearthing of systemic divides in racial um, backgrounds would just be revealed, uncovered, uncloaked. And so in the midst of that, I still really believe what I heard in my heart. This is still going to be a year like never before. It has given us a gift Mm -hmm. to be able to deal with what has been the elephants in the room, the unsung heroes, the the unaddressed issues. And with my family, and my family is multicultural, um, but primarily our experience is of the African Caribbean descent. Love my family. We are close. We are large. Um, we are growing still, <laughs> expanding. <laughs> we love our food. We have all experiences and industries represented in our family. We have a rich heritage. But since everyone had to shift to on Zoom, We realized as a family, before we started to have our Zoom calls, we have only been meeting on Easter and Christmas for years. Mm. That's that's telltale sign number one. We were only meeting for two times annually as a family, sometimes not even calls in between. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit where we said, let's create a Zoom family. Many families were doing it and still are. So We had this great connection. Now we're speaking every week, seeing each other, doing happy birthdays over the Zoom, just connecting with one another. And then as we shifted a little bit more into COVID-19, the unearthing of the racial divides. And I was set as the leader of this group. They're like, you you set it up. You let us know when we're meeting, whatnot. So this one particular day- No surprise there, Char. (laughs) Reluctantly, my aunt, she deputized me. She's like, you're going to do it. I'm like, Aunt okay. She's like, no, you're going to do it. So anyway, um, I've done it and have been doing it with honor. Um, so then this hit with George Floyd and with all the other brothers and sisters before him. So we called a Thursday meeting and we decided to talk about this. And what came about was was healing and it was also revealing. And that was the fact that our older generations, the matriarchs and patriarchs of our beautiful family heritage who lived through the 60s, their parents, my grandmother and grandfather passed on since, but they went through the riots before that. So none of them talked to the next generation about their experience. So my calling on the carpet in love and respect on behalf of our cousins, my siblings represented there, my aunts and uncles who were there, I said, why didn't, like, I remember being a kid with Rodney King. My mother's passed on now, but nobody talked about what that really was about. 
and they just kind of moved on. Hmm. And I knew that they grew up with the whole Kennedy, with the whole Martin Luther King. They they knew that, but they've never shared that such a with pivotal us. time, pivotal time, astronomical time, and one above that. We never knew our heritage as a black race. Right. And we are a multicultural family. We have Caucasian, we have East Indian, and we have black, but we're all, we're just, we just love each other. Like it's not even about color. We just love each other, but we never learned that history. So I asked one of the aunts, I said, why didn't my mom and my other aunt who have passed on and, and you, why didn't you share that with us? And I knew it came from a good place of respect and wanting to shield us from the trauma, shield us from the hurt of their um, seeming defeat in trying to make a difference in their protests. Right. So they just didn't talk about it. And I think it's it, it speaks to a lot of families, not just Black families, who just say, you know what? It's too raw. Let's not talk about it. That there is what's gotten all of us into trouble because people don't want to talk about this. Wow. Right? Yeah. It hurts. They don't know what to say. Right? What do you say? And do you say it right? And are you saying it on time? Right. And are you using your language properly? Right. And the pressure has been building for a really long time mm-hmm. because of that, mm-hmm. because there's no good time to talk about something that hurts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and I, I think it, it speaks to, we've been hearing this for however long now, it speaks to the system that we've bought into. It speaks to the systemic divides. And when I say that, because a system is a systemic acceptance is something that's accepted by all parties involved. My family accepted. Let's just not talk about it. It's raw. It hurts. We did what we could do, but you know what? Let's try to protect our children or grandkids from that perpetuating pain. Whereas The pain has always been there. It's been the elephant in the room. And it shows up in different aspects of life, relationships, the work, education. But we never knew what to call it. So, you know, our family chose not to talk about it because they also didn't know what to say. So it's not just a one-sided thing. I think it's a global thing. And I think it's worth us taking this pivotal year, these gifts of experiences that we have gone through these next, these past few months to learn from it and to be able to grow from it and to heal from it. Because there is healing available, Tiffany. Wherever light is shone, there is healing. And this has been a dark time for years, 450 years. This has been a dark time even before that. But light shines the brightest when it's the darkest. So I'm excited. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's a lot of raw feeling. But I'm also optimistic for the stronger uniting, the stronger fronts that are formed, the authentic connections that will bring about healing in all of our societies. The authentic connections piece really resonates with me. You know this. Yeah. Because it's people to people. (laughs) That's right. You know, we look past it all and we can see the spirit. 
And that's, I know that that's how I've met all my truest and bluest Yeah, is because we really can push through everything and just know who we are as people. We're not looking at what you're wearing, what color your skin is, what you do for a living, how much money you make, what car you drive. I don't give a shit. Right. All I care about is you. Mm-hmm. And I love that you just said that because this is, we need to level the playing field. Absolutely. And when people say we are one, they need to understand what that means mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that feeling. Um, Char, you and I also touched upon, you know, people feeling like they have to prove something Come on. at this time. Right. And this is something I think is a really um, interesting thing to unpack together. Right. Because I personally don't think that anyone should feel like they have to prove anything. They just have to be change and actively within themselves every day Mm -hmm. know that they're going to be better, do better, whatever it is. Can you unpack this a little bit more for me? Because I know that I am not a fan of people feeling, and this is, remember, we were talking about the Bible. So I want us to talk about that, which is to not feel like you have to talk about the things that you're doing, but just to do them. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you're you're speaking my language, you're singing my song, because this morning, this very morning, I was reading Matthew 6, uh, 21, 22. I was also reading another passage. I think I'm getting them mixed up, but I was reading concerning, yeah, sorry, it was in Matthew 6, concerning don't let your giving, don't let your your donations to the poor, to the broken, to the needy, the marginalized, it literally said, don't Shout it out from the from the rooftops. Don't let it be known to the world necessarily what you're doing to make a difference. But don't change the fact that you're making a difference. But does it have to be publicized? Because if you do just seek that, if you just seek it being known publicly, your applause will come, the accolades and the pat on the backs will come but your reward ends there. That same passage continues to say, instead, when you give to the poor, so it's not denoting not to give, when you rectify wrong, when you help the marginalized, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Does it have to be shouted out from the mountaintops for everyone to see the glorious you that's doing the donations? No. And if you haven't been doing your part, you can make a difference because the passage continued to say, whatever you do in secret will be rewarded in the open. So do your giving, do your assisting, do your alliances, do it in private. And yes, I I want to bring a balance because there has been public shame and humiliation that has been given. We look at the various races, the Aboriginal race. We look at the various ethnicities and there has been public atrocities. And in those those cases, public restitution needs to be made known. But with the trend of getting on the bandwagon, I feel like there is a danger to, you know, doing it for the wrong reasons. We're not knocking the action we're looking and inspecting the motive. 
And that's really what's being revealed. You and I were talking about this earlier today because I believe that what's being unearthed in this revealing year is the authentic versus the inauthentic. So let your good works be done before God because he sees the heart anyway. True. (laughs) And, And he rewards it. So if it's going to be announced in public, that's fine. But you weren't seeking that. So I feel like that's how I unpack it for myself because it's, it's the good, it's the bad, it's the ugly. Everything that's done in here privately, I'm putting my hands to my chest, like my, in, in me, in my essence, it's going to come out sooner or later. You know, this is a love jam. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I got my love jam mug and everything. So I'm bringing it up. Because you mentioned it earlier. I want to go back, which is the only thing I think of when I'm in times of great darkness, when I am in despair, when I don't know what to do, when I don't know what to say, when I don't know where to go. I think love. Right. Love. Yeah. What can I love more? Who can I love more? Where can I put more love? Where can love go? Yeah. And anybody out there listening, I think it all starts within each individual person. Mm. I don't think it starts with looking outward at anybody. I don't think it starts looking on the television. I don't think it starts looking on your telephone. I think we have to shut our telephones and our TVs off for a minute. And we need to close our eyes. And we need to think about how we feel in our hearts. Yes. And think about where we can find our inner love, yes. our inner light, and our inner empathy. And I, I want you to keep going with this, Shar, because I one thing I loved is you were saying, you know, obviously this is when it gets the darkest. That's when the light shines. And I remember a couple of weeks ago when we had our conversation. I said, Shar, <laughs> these are some these are some dark times, Shar. And I don't want to jump in the ring because I know love. Yeah. My heart knows love. I don't know how to even approach this. Right. So I'm not going to. But uh, (laughs) you gave me some say. So do you want to tell the peoples what you told me? I would be honored. It actually, I believe, came not from me. It just came through me, if that makes sense because it was speaking to me. It was speaking to everyone who felt like you, Tiffany, because you weren't the only one. And it was, oh no, this is not the time to quit, cave in or give up. No white flag here. This is the time. And I know it seems dark. I know it feels like there's pressure and there's this weight, but this is where people need genuine love the most. See, love covers a multitude of sins. We have just been struck in the face with centuries of sins that have been unaddressed. And, you know, love is really the only answer. I'm not talking passivity. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking ignoring the truth. I'm talking hard love. Mm -hmm. Love, you know, the love of your your mom, grandma. (laughs) I'm going to love you, so I'm not going to allow you to have that cookie, (laughs) that 16th cookie, right? Because they love, right? And love is going to bring about healing. So 
I think in the midst of that dark time, in darkness, in the midst of injustice, yes, we need justice. But can I say this, Tiffany? If justice is not married with mercy, which is another attribute of love and humility, justice is brutality. Fighting fire with fire is not the answer. So there needs to be, and the Bible talks about this in Malachi, there needs to be a marrying of justice, righteousness, and humility, or mercy, compassion, you know, being able to connect and unite as opposed to dividing. And I see that around the world and it encourages me because I do see people getting that. I do see the, the peaceful protests and, you know, in the midst of that dark time, of these dark times. And when I spoke to you, I was speaking to all of us who felt like, oh, well, I'm just not going to do anything because this is just bigger than me. But this is a time not to allow your voice to be silent, but to keep it authentic to you. You kicked my butt. No, but in the best way, Char. <laughs> and then you went ahead and did a podcast about it, little little video. I was like, I hear you, Char. I, but hear I didn't you. call your name. No, but it was beautiful. I was listening and I'm like, okay, she said it to me twice. I'm listening. <laughs> but I think right there um, strikes two points that I, I'm curious. One thing I just said, which was to look inside and to take your minute and to really get quiet with yourself. Mm. But I would like to add that I need also to stress that I feel in times of great trouble. It's not about you. Wow. That's right. Because although it's important to look inside and though it's important to get right with yourself and though it's important to do your own healing and to dig deep and look at your family, look at your ancestry, look where you come from, look Mm -hmm. what lives in you that you don't even know it lives in you. Do that, unpack that, but don't make what's happening about you. Right. That's an interesting thing that I think is is um, some great teaching. Yes. And the other thing, not teaching on my part, but what the universal energy is doing. Yeah, It's absolutely. teaching us. Yes. To look at ourselves, but not make it about ourselves. So good. Right? So good. I'll give you a classic example of that. You know, the cause that's bigger than us. And we, whether we realize it or not, as humanity, we demonstrated this just weeks ago. So we're in this shutdown pandemic. It's happening right now with, you know, people not leaving their houses and, you know, social distancing, physical distancing, all of that. But when George Floyd's injustice happened, oh my goodness, how many, how many states, how many provinces? Yeah. Were we going to social distance? There were protests. I'm talking about the healthy uniting protests of unity through cities, through counties, through states. I didn't hear any reports of people catching COVID because there was a cause that was greater than the fear we built around this COVID-19. It was, this is wrong. And I need to do my part, however small, however medium, however large, to say enough is enough. Isn't it so wild that the world has to shut down in order for us to take an injustice and finally pay attention? Isn't that? One 
one, <laughs> one injustice and how many have come before it. Yeah. That we've all been too busy. To notice. To notice. And because we're all so quiet now and we're inside, we're finally taking note. But I think this has, this is the beginning of us taking note of a lot of things. It's beautiful. It's actually a beautiful unveiling. That's right. It's a beautiful reveal. And beautiful reveals, a diamond is only beautiful after the scuffs are dealt with, after the darkness is polished away. After the stains are removed, after it's chiseled, after it's gone through excruciating pain, a diamond shines bright. And this is the op- this is this is the posture that humanity is in right now. It's exciting because this is an opportunity for us to shine our brightest, and light shines its brightest in the midst of darkness. Sure. Anybody that. Anybody that's out there, Shar, that's listening, they say, Shar, what can I do? Tell me what to do. Tell me how to help. Tell me what's the best way. Mm. Tell me what's the right way. Tell me what's the righteous way. Tell me how. Right. Is there any one thing, two things, anything that you think is, could put someone's heart to ease? I love that question. And um, it is a necessary question that every person needs to ask themselves. And I can't speak to everyone um, for their individual choices, but I will say this. I believe that a part of their own answer, our own answers, is educate yourself. Take a hard look. I mean, if that bandage is on that hand and I just keep that bandage there, but I don't understand the healing process, I'm just gonna, oh no, I'm good. And then after a while, the skin will fortify, but the healing, the infection is actually still unaddressed until I take the bandage off and look hard at the reality of that infection, educate myself on, okay, that's that's like a stage seven infection. I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> Not stage one, two, stage seven. So I'm going to go see a doctor. I'm going to get this doctor to... Tr- so you need to educate as raw as it may be, as uncomfortable as it may be. I cannot tell you. I, I am of African Caribbean descent. I have done pure research since that Zoom call with my family. I cannot tell you how much research I've been doing up to the last night. I was watching another documentary. I'm talking American, Caribbean, and Canadian history because I'm a Canadian and it's in Canada too. So you need to educate yourself and you need to be honest and real with yourself. You can't expect to bring change until you inspect yourself. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, sure. You can't expect what you don't inspect. So you need to inspect yourself. I want you to write that down and make t-shirts, sure. (laughs) <laughs> that's a t-shirt Coco would you wear that t-shirt I would wear two of them <laughs> <laughs> on each arm <laughs> message on the front message on the back love it <laughs> and a I, mullet I can't claim it I, I've learned that over my years and I've heard from great mentors but I apply it to the situation you can't expect to make a difference until you have inspected your heart 
inspected your motive, inspected why are you even on this bandwagon? To look good or to make a change? To bring about you, well, start making a change in your immediate sphere of influence. You've got a platform here, uh, uh, Tiffany. This is why you're bringing this here. But we all have platforms. Our family is our platform. Our work environment is our, our neighborhood is our platform. My neighbor, the banker that does my banking. These are my platforms. Make a difference from an authentic place. So those are the two I would kind of just throw out there. I think that those are the most important because it's not, it's people, you've heard a thousand people say it. This is not a sprint. Yeah. You know, we all need to just take the daily bites and make sure every single day we wake up and we know actively where our eyes are wide open. Yeah. You know, we're really making the change. And it's not something that we're doing by talking about it or hashtagging it or posting about it. We're talking about it on the streets. Wow. Come on. Right? 100%. Because we have to actually do things. Yeah. The world isn't online. That's right. The world is when we're walking down the street and we're making eye contact and we're sharing a smile or sharing a kind gesture or we're making someone stay better or we're helping someone. That's real. It that's, is real. That's real life. But people are judging online. That's, that's why there's pressure to make your stance known online. And I'm not knocking online. It's a technology that has supported, obviously, the evolution of our, 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 our lives. But it's also set us back in some ways. We, we can all agree to that. So there's judgments that are premature, yeah. that are incorrect, that are made online. But like you said, walking by your neighbor. Uh, we were conjugating eating our pizza on the street just now. <laughs> We knew we were, we were blocking people's passage. So they were beelining around us to pass us. But, you know, I, I remember walking in the park. Why, apart from COVID, why do you, you know, not say hello to someone who doesn't look like you? I'm talking pre-COVID, pre the racial divides uproar. Why, why is it you felt that you didn't belong? Or why is it that you felt like that person maybe didn't belong? That's real life, not online. Somebody said something to me the other day and said, it's not your reaction to something. It's your action. Mm, Wow. Come on. And I loved it. Because everyone's so reactive. Yeah. And we're, we're fighting fire with fire. We're throwing flames. Right. Reacting, 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 reacting. Yeah. But we need to act. We don't need to react. Absolutely. And sometimes acting takes time. Right. And that's the one thing, Shar, um, that I wanted to unpack with you, which is the gift of time, mm-hmm. the gift of healing. Yes. The gift of giving ourselves space. Yeah to do the research and educate ourselves and understand what we're dealing with because not a lot of people know what we're dealing with. Hello. This is a big deal. Yeah. But then take a rest. Yeah. Take a cat nap. You know, say some prayers. Yes. Look at the trees. Is there anything you want to tell the peoples right now? Some healing things that I think would be really helpful for spirits because I know they're 
you know, of all colors, shapes, and sizes, there's a lot of hurting people out there. Yes, I I, I do, Tiffany. And, you know, you, you talked about it, the reactive, um, uh, the reactivity versus the response is what I would say. And, and, you know, it's something I call the three R's of offense. There is no doubt offense has taken place. Okay. So we're not sanctioning the offense that happened over the generation. So we're not, we're not, we're not ignoring that. But what is our response to offense, even as recent as George Floyd? Will you want revenge? That's react, right? That's part of react. Will you want to retreat? That's also another part of reacting. So there's no thought into those two. Or will you reset? I call it the three R's of offense. So the resetting is where the time uh, factor is applied. That's where you, and I put this question out to some of my friends and I said, what would you do? Honestly, what is your real go-to? And I got so many great responses, authentic responses in the raw readiness of what just happened within weeks. And the responses was from some of them, I will take a step back and I'm just going to look at it from a different perspective and check my heart and reset, recalibrate myself so that I can respond properly. That's healthy action. So you drawing away and resetting, saying you're resetting and staying silent and never doing anything, that's not the answer. That's retreat. And fight or flight, oh my goodness, as old as fight and flight, that's what it boils down to. Fight or flight are two reactions. But when you pause in the middle of it, Seek the wisdom of God. Seek the wisdom in the moment, the wisdom that's needed in society right now. Reset. And when you reset yourself, you come from a different place. You come from a different strength and you're able to offer opportunities for others to reset as well. Yeah, the rage is out there, but the rage that's unbridled is not going to give the results that we desire. But when we, back to that, marry uh, righteousness with justice and mercy, that is where we're going to see the results. And that can only come through time. That's it. Healing, resetting. Okay, you're offended at my family. My family's been offended at you for however long, but you know what? Let's work through this. Let's do some, let's, let's get to know each other. Let's start again from ground zero. It's let's, the long game. It's the long game. It's the, it's the marathon. Yeah. It is the marathon. So I'd say those things. Can you give me those three R's one more time? I want you to break it down for the peoples. Yes. Because I want everyone to just <laughs> check in with themselves with these R's. So the first one is. Yeah. How do you respond when offense happens? Is it revenge, retreat, or reset? I'd like to go with the latter. I like to say the healing is in the resetting, but action is a part of the resetting. When you've taken some time, do your education, do your self-inspection, realize, yeah, I'm angry right now. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me see where the root of this anger is coming from. 
And then when I'm able to answer that for myself, whether through prayer, through meditation, whatever it is, for me, it's connecting with God. And he showed me this. I shared this with you earlier. When I start to feel insecure, that's when I start to act irrational. If I don't know who I am, I will not be able to live out my purpose. And I'll spew out things that are just going to cause more damage. I'll run from things where I had a voice and the seat at the table. If I don't know who I am and the purpose why I'm here, and that comes from understanding your identity, I won't shrink back. I won't shrink back if I do know that. So that is what I would say. That is the benefit of resetting and time will only unfold that. You know, I love this so deeply because um, as a very sensey, empathetic person, when I will see someone on the streets or someone on even research, I'm doing videos, social, losing their mind and screaming with rage. It just shakes me to the core. Wow. It shakes me because I, I don't know how to handle that kind of anger. I don't know how to handle that kind of rage. And this, this RRR situation right, right. gets me thinking about it. Yeah. This rage could also be part of your R's. Yeah, yeah. Because people do, um, I think, expend the rage. But I, I'm curious on your thoughts on rage. Do you feel like it's, it's good for people to just get it out there and get it out? Or do you think it's, it's doing a little bit of damage to the collective consciousness? That's a great question. I, I, I'm not a proponent for rage because I believe it's uncontrolled, just the word itself, rage. The Bible says you can be angry and not sin. There is a place for anger. It's actually a rightful anger, but it's not the equivalent of rage. Give you a classic example. Since I talked to my family about, you know, the whole, why didn't you talk about it? Rodney yeah. King. Guess what I watched? And? Huge, two huge documentaries on Rodney King. I, I sat myself down. There's one on Netflix. I don't know if I can say that here, but it's good. And then I watched another one on YouTube. They were each two hours long. And? And what I learned in it, I saw so much rage. I saw so much brutality. I saw so much oh my goodness, even different races got involved and then they were shooting. I mean, I won't go into the details, but all I saw over it was rage. But do you know what I also saw, Tiffany? I started to cry in the one in Netflix. It's really good. I started to cry near the end because in the middle of the anger, anger, the rioting, the turning over the cars, the beating people with bricks, I saw people who stood up and said, no, I'm going to go protect, from another race, from the black race, go to protect a Caucasian truck driver that was pulled out in the riots and beaten with bricks who was bleeding to death. And he said, that's not right. He left his home when he was watching it on his television, because back then there's no internet, like YouTube, whatever. But the helicopter news was filming the riots at the, the scene of the crime, the, the hub of that intersection. So. He said he heard a voice in him say, you go help that man. And he was just around the block. 
He's like, I can't go. He's like, he's a white man. You go. He said he heard it three times. He says he believes it was God. He got up. The man was still there bleeding. He picked up the man. Nobody kept fighting the man on the ground because he was a big black guy that was now standing there saying, no, wow. guys, stop this. This is wrong. And he took him, he drove his car, drove his truck to the ambulance, uh, to the hospital. And the doctor confirmed if you got him here minutes later, he would have died. That voice of compassion, that voice of mercy that didn't look at skin color, that said that's a human being. Yes, Rodney King was brutally, uh, uh, unjustly treated, but that's another human being. You go save him. And he went, and you see these different heroes and heroines popping up in the Rodney King story, which I never knew. (laughs) All I knew was... Can't we all get along? That's all I knew. (laughs) That's all I knew. That's all I cared to know because I didn't do my research. All I knew was, can't we all just get along? And I didn't do my research. I didn't do my education. But I remember hearing that statement from Rodney King in, in, in his press conference. And that's all I knew. But there were beauty springing up. There was beauty in the midst of the ashes. And this documentary showed me that there is a heart for humanity out there. Humans do care about humans. We all bleed. And I started to cry on my couch because I said, there's beauty in this. There is beauty, Tiffany, in tragedy. Nobody wants tragedy to come. But the healing can only come when there's ointment, healing bombs, salves, forgiveness, all of those elements, medicinal elements for the spirit and the soul that can really bring about true connective healing. And that's where we are right now. You believe it's going to happen, Char? I believe it's happening and I believe it will continue to happen. I do believe, I will say this, that there are some people, some organizations, dare I say, some institutions that will drop off the bandwagon because they really weren't there. I'm saying their fully heart, soul, mind, essence, the organism of who they are. But they were doing it for other reasons, whatever other those reasons might be. But I believe that the ones which I believe are more than those who are inauthentic, I believe the ones who are authentic will carry this wave and ride this wave and bring about a deluge of love Mm. to the absences of grace, mercy, righteousness, justice, and love that's been in our our societies at at the core of the infrastructures, at the systemic roots. And it will come with the next generation and it will come with the generation after that because it will be taught. So back to my family, love my family. But it was a great, like it was a real conversation we had mom, uncle, aunt, we do need to educate each other because that's how we're going to be able to stop this from proliferating. And that goes for everybody. Everyone. So let's send our love and our wishes to everybody out there that we hope that everyone speaks up, not just on the streets, but in their own homes to those that they love the most, asking the hard questions. Yeah. Getting the information they need to get. Yes. So that they can feel like they have everything that they need to proceed in their lives with all the tools to feel 
understanding and personal healing and love at the depth of loving themselves, knowing all the parts of who they are and where they come from. Love it. Yes. Right? A hundred percent. hundred percent. What, how do you want to wrap this, Shar? I, <laughs> I want to say this, you know, I see you as my sister. Totally. Not just my friend. I, I genuinely, we share the same mom. <laughs> Mom Pratt, if you're listening, she's become my mom. Actually, anyone out there listening, this is not, this isn't jokes. My mother prefers Charmaine over myself. No, she doesn't yeah, prefer. she does. She prefers, you are the honorary Pratt girl. You were the daughter she always wished she had. If I need to get anything through to my mother, I'm like, hey, Char, could you call my mom, please? And just tell her to zip it. Um, <laughs> but it's true. We are family now. We are family. And I... My heart, when all this was happening, even if it wasn't yeah. about racism, mm -hmm. I still would have gone to you. Mm -hmm. And you know what family does? Family fights for each other. They do. Family believes the best about one another. Families cry with one another. Families rejoice with one another. So when I see someone in my family hurting, I sit where they sat. I sit with them. I, I feel their pain. I'm in that pain with them. When I see them celebrated, I celebrate them because I am there with them because we are family. And I think if we take that principle, that truth rather, and we allow that to permeate our communities, permeate our neighborhoods, permeate our schools, our corporate Canada, corporate America, wherever we are listening to this, if we allow that simple truth to permeate that, we will not put up with injustice because you are my family. And ultimately, humanity is family. So yes, this part of humanity needs healing right now. Black Lives Matter, yes. We need the healing right now. And family comes together because we love one another and we feel with one another. Sure. My whole body is covered in goosebumps because that is the most perfect way to put a bow on your perfectly delivered message. You choke me up, Char. Um, I've loved, I love you forever. I love I'm, you too. And I am so grateful that you're in my life um, and that you would be willing to share your divine message and help me put you forward and give you a voice and give this message a positive, loving spin because it needs to be said. And I couldn't think of a better person to do it. I thank you for the honor. Um, I love you and I appreciate you. Words cannot express that, but I know your heart feels it from my heart. And I am honored to share this platform with you. And just as you said, you know, we're family. So I stand with you, Char, and I love you. And okay, tell the peoples really quick about your new podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Guys, okay, so after you're done listening to this, I want you to go listen to Char. It's called Char Candid. So tell the peoples. So the pandemic hit and I just sensed in my heart, I need to do something. I need to be able to um, bring about a story that I had, a personal story of struggle to triumph. 
and I was in the bathroom in the shower and I get a lot of revelation in the shower. Me too, sure. Like in the shower, I heard podcast the book as clear as day. So I stepped out in a matter of weeks, learned as much as I could about a podcast and you inspired me. Oh, sure. You have been a strong proponent of inspiration. Oh, and the student has surpassed the teacher. No, you better stop with that now because <laughs> no, no, no. So I launched the podcast. I'm learning a lot and I'm just sharing my story. And in season two, um, I'm allowing other stories to be shared. Yours is one of the stories that I've invited. I'm super to. lucky to be in season so two. I'm so fortunate to have you in season two. So I'll be interviewing um, many different individuals with expertise, insights, gifts that can speak to the matter that we've put a cloak of shame over. And that struggle in places of employment, places of, of, of great pivots that impact your life but how you can see it from a place of victory and mm. not be defeated by that darkness. Where are people finding your podcast? It's available on Apple Podcast, also Google Play. Um, I share it on YouTube as well. And uh, YouTube is Charmaine Cooper and also on Podbean Podcasts. Okay, and uh, you have an Instagram for your podcast too. I do. So what is it? It's called Shark Candid Pod. Friends. Thank you so much for sitting with me uh, and Charmaine for this time because it's so deep in my heart to always express love. And sometimes we have to make sure that we express love no matter what. Yeah. And Char, you came back and I knew you were coming back, girl. And um, I please, 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 please go check out Charmaine and listen to her incredible podcast. Watch her in video so you can see how stunning she is. <laughs> And also, um, please, please, please um, just send her love and blessings because you truly are a light in this world and you've shed a lot of light here for me. And I hope that anyone out there listening feels just a little bit better. Thank you, Tiffany. I love you. you. I love you too. I wouldn't be here without you supporting, commenting, and subscribing. So thank you so much. Delta Fawcett Canada, again, here we are, season three. What a ride. We would not be making this magic happen without you. And of course, the sounds, the music in the mix. Coco, you are the man. We are always together. And if it's not here on the podcast, you can check me out on my website, tiffanypratt.com, or you can check out my Instagram at the Tiffany Pratt. But either way, friends, I'll see you on the flip side. I know we're going to be together again, and I'm sending you my deepest gratitude and all the glittering rainbow love. I love you. Okay, bye.